G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Joining me on the line right now is my good buddy, Pastor Charles Newington from Family Voice Australia. How you doing, mate? Yeah, great. Thanks, Matt. Great. It's great to catch up with you. We've just been talking about Hillsong Church and uh, their uh, symposium that they're hosting this week with Ravi Zacharias Ministries. I would have loved to have been there, but had to be on the radio instead. (laughs) Uh, But the other big news, uh, Charles, I thought we'd start with today is that Hillsong have become a denomination. Tell us your thoughts on that, mate. Yeah, well, they are an they are a global phenomenon, an absolute amazing uh, thing you know uh, churches all over the world and places like russia and asia and all over europe and the u.s and so what they're really saying is they're not talking about their their theological or their even their relational unity with the acc in, in australia they're just sort of saying guys we're just we're just structurally so big and we just need a different structure in order to manage that so and i i had uh, contact with somebody who runs a business uh, walking tours in brisbane and just as an example they were doing a walking tour with uh, some korean um, korean visitors you know and the thing that got these koreans so animated was they were walking past the hillsong church you know <laughs> and they all went wow hillsong hillsong you know because they were they we don't realize you know because we're kind of we don't, you know, in our culture we tend to sort of not uh, to tend to ignore Christianity and stuff like that, but globally, that's not the case. Hillsong's a phenomenon, so good on them. Absolutely, and I think it's the most uh, renowned brand that Australia's ever released. Uh, yeah. There's been some research into that, so uh, good on them. Great worship music uh, and uh, great conference. Uh, great to uh, to see them great continuing to, uh, you know, reach more people around the world. Uh, yeah. More power to them. Now, a couple of other subjects we're going to tackle with you today. The front page of the Courier-Mail in Brisbane. I know it's been on uh, many news websites as well. Great news about Bill Hayden's baptism. Uh, yeah. For those who don't know who Bill Hayden is, give us a bit of a snapshot of his uh, his background, uh, Charles. Uh, well, he was former uh, Governor-General and a, a minister in the Whitlam government, and during that era he was... He was famous for being uh, kind of a leading atheist in Australian culture and society. So you might re- people might remember him as being called the drover's dog. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good on him. <laughs> his, his tail's wagging now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's it's a great testimony, isn't it? It is a great testimony. He he gives the reason. Uh, he says, because of the witness of many selfless acts of compassion by Christians over his lifetime and deep contemplation while recovering from a stroke. What a combination, you know, uh, selfless acts of compassion and how these things make people think more deeply about what it is to be human and what the purpose of life is. And it had that impact on him uh, as he was recovering from a stroke. And the whole business of contemplation, deep contemplation about our lives, you know, 
it's such an important thing. I suppose quite a lot of your listeners and our listeners today will be in their older years, and as you grow older, the tendency is to be more aware of your mortality. And um, unfortunately, for some people, they they don't uh, they don't just quiet their hearts and minds and think about that. Uh, and it's such an important thing to do. It's probably one of the most beneficial beneficial things for your health as you grow older <laughs> to <laughs> contemplate the meaning of your life. <laughs> I remember working at a uh, commercial radio station years ago and sharing uh, my faith with uh, the sales manager there. And I remember him saying, mate, I'm just not ready to give my life to God yet. I know it's all true, but he said, but you know what? There's no atheists on their deathbed, is there? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point. You know, when people go through crisis, it it sometimes makes them think about what's going to happen after this life. And it's important to have that conversation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just a, another comment on this before we move on. He also said that in a letter to his friends, uh, he explained that the Christian principles of humanity, social commitment, and service to others aligned with his personal and political values and guided his return uh, to faith. And uh, I think he speaks for a lot of Australians that rather like the idea of Christian principles. Um, you know, if only everybody would behave nicely and, uh, you know, let them in at the traffic and, you know, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, as if, as if um, you know, these Christian principles sort of operate um, regardless of whether God exists or not, mm. you know. And I, I've got this mental picture in my mind of somebody having a look at, say, um, you know, never seeing a, a, a garden hose before and being absolutely amazed at the magic and the way the water comes out. So they dismantle it, put it in a car boot and drive off thinking, well, in case I ever find a dry patch, I've got that, that hose in my in my boot and I can just turn it on you know but if it's not connected to the source it doesn't really work Mm. you know because actually christian principles are are in reality the attributes of god they are his nature Mm. you know they're his nature and so we talk about this humanity we get that humanity because we're under the influence of a god who loves human beings Mm. and and if you cut if you cut if you cut the principle off from the source um it, it it becomes uh, an aspiration. It becomes wishful thinking, but it doesn't have its power. That is brilliant, Charles. I'm going to use that in my next sermon. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, and you know, I remember hearing Ravi Zacharias quote once that you know, in order for there to be a moral law, there has to be a moral law giver. That's right, moral being. Mm, mm, so true. good. Well, great news about uh, Bill Hayden, and, and let's hope many other people are thinking about yeah, uh, yeah. their eternal destiny and yeah. uh, you know the, the reality of God so. after reading that article. Uh, now, the other interesting news, which has just been heartbreaking to watch, uh, I've actually yeah. seen I've seen a whole bunch of politicians posting photos over the last few days on their Facebook eating strawberries, trying to encourage yeah. people to get back into strawberries. But this whole pins and needles in strawberries has just been heartbreaking to see, hasn't it? Yes, I noticed on the media this morning a hundred cases now of shop-bought fruit across six states um, uh, with, with pins and needles in them. A hundred and thirty million dollar industry, people's jobs and livelihoods. And of course, the danger of the people who might accidentally ingest them. And, uh, um, you know, I just wanted to reflect for a moment on how we deal with these things um, in, uh, when it's an adult behavior and how we deal with them when it's child copycat behavior. Uh, because uh, when it's an adult behavior, uh, and it, it's assumed that this began with a disgruntled employee who, fe- employee who felt unjustly treated, and then it's mushroomed into adolescent copycats and the boy in New South Wales recently owning up to having put 20 pins in fruit. 
But the, 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 the issue is this, that it, for an adult uh, who does this, mindful of the callous disregard for the safety and well-being of others, an adult m- must be dealt with as somebody who deserves, deserves the most severe punishment. And you can see that those, that those punishments are going up to 15 years. Isn't that, you know, that's how serious it is. But, but in, a, in childhood, um, you know, children might stupidly do something for other reasons, like attention-seeking, you know, because they're unhappy, because they, they don't feel like they're being listened to. They go and do something that gets people's attention, and it can be as a ridiculous a thing as this. Um, um, but but they, they do need to be treated differently at law. It's still a serious crime. It's still as dangerous to people who ingest it and to the industry, but the child is doing it um, in a kind of a childish ignorance. And, um, and we recognize that, you know, in childhood. We recognize they're not ready yet to have a full driver's license or a marriage license or a guns, uh, gun license. And the point I want to make is how much more so in areas like pornography and sexualization do children need to be treated and protected? Mm. You know, children should not be uh, submitted and subjected to the commercialization of sex or to the politicization of sex in uh, in the educational system. They're not ready for that. And, and society needs to recognize that and take care to, to protect children from things that they're really not ready for. So, um, you know, these lessons are, are, are very, very painful for us as a society, and I, I hope that the politicians have a lot of grace and wisdom to get the balance right. Yeah, well, it's interesting, too, that uh, I think Scott Morrison announced that they're going to uh, change the the sentence from uh, 10 years to 15 years to for those 15, yeah, court tampering. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention, I know we've just got a minute, maybe we've run out of time, but um, the business about, um, you know, the sexualization of society and pornography, I I had an amazing experience just a a day or two ago. Old friends of mine, they asked me what I was doing with Family Voice, and I talked to them about the fact that we are trying to get the government to recognize the dangers of online pornography. And they said their son, who was now in his early 20s, was first introduced to hardcore porn in grade three. He's at a Christian school, but somebody brought it and showed it to him and it radically affected him Mm. and put him on a downward spiral he got into drugs and all sorts of things and he struggled in his relationship to to women and all that sort of thing the good news is that he's being really healed of it and and now he's helping other young men uh, who uh, who are going through the same sort of issues, uh, and and that's happened because of the reality of Christ, and it's an example of how in our culture, what we want to try to do is we want to get the benefits of Christianity without the God of Christianity, but you don't get the benefits, the healing benefits, and the recovery without the God who brings that recovery, mm-hmm. and that's this young man's a classical example of that. There are just so many kids in society these days that are being deeply affected because of the impact of pornography in their lives. Mm. Well, it's a great testimony of this young boy turning his life around. Oh, and, uh, you know, I, I always encourage listeners, you know, if you're, a, if you're a parent with young children, you've got to monitor what they're doing online. Yeah. Uh, you've got to be careful not to allow them to have devices in their bedrooms. Uh, it's got to be in a common area where everyone can see it. You know, those principles exactly. are so important, aren't they? This family were unaware of it mm. until he uh, until he talked to them in his twenties. Mm. They were unaware of what had what had been the source of his spiral. Mm. 
and it was obviously a gateway. As soon as that opened up, yeah. it led to other addictions yeah. and struggles uh, struggles in his life. And it's it's a wonderful thing that it's been exposed, and he's now helping others get set yeah. free. That's a it's yeah. a great testimony. Well, right. Charles, it's always great, great to catch tonight. up with you, and uh, we uh, we love your uh, your weekly insights. Uh, once again, <laughs> if people yeah. want to find out more about your ministry, they can search up Family Voice Australia, and yeah. uh, you uh, you always uh, bring so much to the table. Thank you so much for your time Good today, on, mate. Man. God bless. Thanks, Bye-bye. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.